The fight is done. We lost. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lego Bell Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing the finale, the entire series, the one and only, the Kenobi series featured on Disney+. Plus. Well, um, what has it been? Uh, the first two episodes were dropped at the same time, so it's been about five weeks Seven, six weeks since um, the original um, episodes were dropped. I believe it was on a Friday and then they started releasing them on a random Wednesdays. Um, I know that the Disney wanted to try to claim a day of the week for um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, as well as the rest of their releases. So I believe most of them have been on Wednesdays. So last few weeks we've watched uh, Obi-Wan uh, this is going to be spoilers, by the way, uh, for anyone that hasn't seen it, I would do, uh, I would say it's a fun recommend. It's not anything that is revolutionary. I think that it's a little bit more insightful into what had happened in between um, the Revenge of the Sith and uh, A New Hope and kind of before Rogue One, I believe. Um, but uh, I got to say that it's a fun show, but it's not like, it's, it's not for, for me personally, I think it has a lot of high highs, but the low lows are still weighing on me um, quite a bit as well. I got to say that um, I enjoyed the series. My my expectations were, um, you know, about a seven out of ten. You know, I had been hearing about this series coming out for uh, I don't know how many years now. I think it, probably two years and then it kept on getting pushed back because of COVID stuff. So. Um, we were really, most people, I think most fans were pretty excited about uh, Obi-Wan coming to the um, streaming screen, I guess. Um, but with saying that, uh, like I said, it, the overall series is about a seven out of 10 for me personally. I don't, I don't speak for the mass crowd, but I am seeing um, grumbles of people that are really not liking it. And then I'm seeing, um, you know, tweets about people that are loving it and having, you know, really high intense emotional reactions. And so I'm um, going to try to, you know, breeze through it uh, lightly, but we'll probably just talk about some highlighted points in it. We're not going to go through episode by episode, like a lot of the reviews we do. Um, so Obi-Wan Kenobi series, it is uh, headed and uh, led by Deborah Chow. I believe she was the showrunner and uh, director for a lot of the episodes um, I don't have the script who did, who wrote the script, but I did not have a problem with the script for the majority of the time. I got to say that the majority of it felt like a very much of a Star Wars script, but it was around the end of the series. I think it was the last episode for me specifically, and we're going to go into spoilers as well, um, that the last episode really... Um, did not do it for me 100%. I got to say it was mostly in the Darth Vader and Obi-Wan um, conversations or lack thereof. Um, let me see if the, I can pull this up real quick. Who is who writing behind this? Obi-Wan can oh, no. Television series. And so the majority of the episodes were written... Let me see. 
Toby Harold, Stuart Beatty, Hosini, and uh, Joby Harold again, Hannah Friedman. Yeah, it looks like Joby was written on most of these. Um, but I got to say, it, it did feel a little bit more like a generic bad guy dialogue. Um, there was episodes that I really enjoyed, such as the episode five with uh, Obi-Wan leading the rest of the Jedis out of the uh, stronghold and they were being cornered by the uh, uh, Imperial soldiers, I believe. And, um, and so I thought that was a really well done uh, episode, mostly from the emotional standpoint of losing Tala. She was really formative, formative throughout the uh, former episodes and having the robot that I, I, Honestly, I felt more for the robot than I him going down more than a lot of the characters. Um, I got to say, the it, most of my gripes with the series are having to do with the script and them not really fleshing out the um, the the dark side, I guess, nearly as much as they they should have been. I, I feel like a lot of it was, you know, generic bad guy dialogue. But then when it came to um, the baby Leia, uh, played by Vivian uh, Lyra Blair character, as well as Ewan uh, McGregor as Obi-Wan, I think that they had pretty good um, rapport between each other. And occasionally it did feel like they had to kind of home back on some of the dramatic aspects of the series so that, that we could have way more um, conversations with Leia, I guess, just because of how young she is that you can't really go into too, too deep of emotional depths, I guess, because we're trying to appease, um, you know, a, a younger audience was what it kind of felt like. Um, so I got to say, you know, between between the not so great episodes and then the really good episodes, there's just a big mixed bag for me. I got to say um, the first two episodes started off really strong with the world building. I love the Blade Runner world they had going on, but then um, the, the main thing that I saw happening was you could kind of feel the push and pull of it being a television show. So you could almost see the next it felt kind of predictable in that way. And not only because it felt predictable in the way of, um, you know, you can see the, the writing on the wall, what's going to happen to these characters. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of these characters already have their, um, their futures already are planned out or predestined. Like we already know what's going to happen in episodes four, five, and six by this point. So it's not exactly, it, it leaves a little bit on the table to say like, well, I mean, what is all this fighting going to end up in except for, you know, we know, we know they're going to, they're coming back. We know Darth Vader gets fucked up at the end of this, regardless how fucked up he gets, he's going to come back. But, um, you know, with saying that uh, having the predestined, um, prequel itis of it all, like having prequels kind of predestines a lot of characters, that you know we already know what is going to happen to kenobi leia um luke luke's aunt and uncle um over half of the characters that are in this really intense fight at the end of this um 
does show and explore more character moments and emotion, especially with um, how his aunt and uncle are really protecting Luke. They, they really do care about him. Um, but with saying that, it's like we know they're not going to die. We, 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 we've seen the future with the future movies. So I felt a little bit like, well, I mean, kind of takes away from the, the edginess, I guess, of understanding, um, you know, where could this go? Who's going to live? What's going to happen? Like we, we kind of already have that in the bag. So that was my biggest issue um, with the series kind of wrapping up with these uh, two major battles at the end of the series. Um, a couple things I did like, I, I know that Moses Ingram has received some criticism from literally every angle, like whether the, the social justice, anti-social justice warriors are pointing out that, hey, why are we, you know, why do we have a, 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 a black lead character? And, and it's like, it's like, that's, that is so, um, it's so benign by those individuals that are doing that. So first of all, just, you know, cut that shit out. There's no room for criticizing someone's race um, being on whatever side, you know, just uh, like, I'm not even going to try to fan the flames of any of that stuff at all. Um, but uh, so she's received criticism as, you know, being a, a black actor and she's been criticized as just, just an actor. And so a lot of people are saying, you know, it's, um, is her acting up to snuff. I feel like she's done an excellent job with what she's given. Now, as the series has progressed, I don't think the um, script has held up to, uh, to what she really needs this entire time. I, I do feel like they're trying to give this character a level of um, pathos, I guess, to understand, oh, she was one of the pad ones that Anakin tried taking out at the very end. And she was one of the ones that was waiting for Obi-Wan to come save them. And he never did. So there's understandable um, aspects about her character that I feel like aren't explored in the series enough. And it's kind of rushed in some ways. And a lot of it felt like they needed, um, a lot of it felt like they needed just more time to kind of have these really intricate conversations about, you know, I I wanted, Obi-Wan's character to be more remorseful, I guess, even though he just has a little bit of time to do it here and there. Um, some of the emotional beats of the of the show feel like, like they're rushed, like kind of like the end of the Darth Vader and the final uh, battle in this, in this series um, between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan kind of feels rushed, like he just kind of takes they have a short conversation about you know this is kind of like what you made me and you know i'm darth vader's like spiteful and stuff like that and obi-wan is uh, you know kind of just like all right i'm out you know it's just there's not really like a i i think i wanted i know this my i'm speaking for myself right now is that i wanted more of a remorseful obi-wan of uh them having a conversation of like what had happened at the end of uh, this, the revenge of the Sith at the end of uh, uh, at the end of that movie, I wanted them to have just kind of more, uh, you know, rapport to kind of understand what level of thinking that they are on. Like, you know, I, I need to go back and check the, 
that movie out so I can see what were, what were their conversations at the end of that movie because I, all I remember in my mind is just a whole lot of fighting and Anakin just taking out these young kids and stuff like that. So it, um, I do feel like it was just, uh, it was turbulence kind of coming down for me on this very last episode that I just, I was like, if you just have a simple conversation with each other, we could kind of understand where they're coming from a little bit better, but otherwise they're just saying, you know, Darth Vader's like, I'm always going to be bad. I, I'm the one that killed Anakin, not you. Um, it's like, this isn't really revelatory information. It's more just kind of like, I don't want to say filler because it definitely feels like it, uh, it, it adds more emotion to how long they it's been since they've seen each other and whatnot. But um, they're still kind of like leaving it open to possibly having a rematch again of some sort but otherwise i'd say like the there wasn't a minute in this that i didn't think that obi-wan wasn't going to come out on top on this last episode and it was mostly because of how bad um and you know how badass the uh darth vader had been and all you know been so effective with you know weeding them out with the stormtroopers and in episode five and really had reva on on um on a fence and it was good to have her on the dark side but then she just has a change of heart when she's chasing luke and it's just like i i feel like the change of heart is is not earned for me personally she's she's killed and destroyed um villages people she chopped off a lady's hand at the very first of the episode they hung that uh benny safty as a jedi and um overall i'm just like uh she's done so much bad why is she going to stop now you know she even was about to torture leia at one point so it's like i i i don't understand how it can be so high highs in episode five like i keep going back to episode five i would almost been fine if they had ended the series at episode five and we just assumed that leia got back and everything everything um went back hunky-dory but i just felt like this this last episode did not sit well with me um like the other episodes did i did i think there was one episode where they had to rescue leia from the base i think that was um i think that was episode four and so episode four is, um, you know, episode four is naturally, uh, it's like a mini New Hope episode. It's like they just have to go to the quote unquote, quote unquote, um, Death Star. They go to the base and they have to, you know, rescue Leia the same way they do in the first of New Hope. And, um, you know, someone uh, they lose Wade at the end of this. Oh, Jesus. Oh, what are we going to do without Wade? But, you know, so, um, yeah, that's what I was just kind of, that was probably the lowest episode for me personally out of the, out of them, because I think they had Leia about getting tortured or something like that by Reva. And a lot of the character motivations just felt like very uh, sloppy, sloppy in some ep- episodes. Um, but, uh, most, most of it has to do with the dark side, not having like consistent, uh, tone to them and flipping sides. And it it didn't make a whole lot of sense for me. 
I do think the special effects on the last episode as well. I, I didn't really have a problem with any of the special effects for the majority of the series. I thought it worked really well, the fighting. Um, I think, the like I said, the best episode was between Reva and Darth Vader. That was the coolest using the Force and everything like that. I could talk about that all day. Um, but I didn't have a problem with like the stagecraft technology video wall in the back where I didn't think about it the majority of the series. And then at the very last second um, in the sixth episode, I just noticed how it felt flat and it felt like the the elements of whatever, if they were in the sand or if they were in um, um, in a canyon or something like that, it didn't really matter because the they the it didn't seem like the elements of weather were really affecting them at all. It's not like um, previous episodes um, where I felt like when they were in the city or when they're in specific places that you could just you could see their see or feel the heat. Um, I, I just felt like it was very noticeable on this last final episode um, that they were using the stagecraft video wall. And then um, when they're returning Leia home, I got to say the entire background of, I think, when they take her back to Alderaan, I guess. So when they take her back to Alderaan, just look at it. There's, there's a, aren't there supposed to be ships going in and out and people kind of rustling and bustling in Alderaan and if you look in the back it's just like completely lifeless and it almost looks just looks like a um a desktop wallpaper of some sort and I'm just like why is Alderaan feel so lifeless there's like five people on the screen and there's nothing happening in the background it, and with almost billion dollar company over there you can't make it look like there's things happening in the world I, it, it might be i might be nitpicking at this point but i just noticed it and uh just was was not crazy about this one um cinematographer was uh, chung ho sorry chung han chung and what is he known for cinematography i believe for me, Earl, and the Dining, Dying Girl, It. Oh, I liked It. Zombieland, Double Tap, Last Night in Soho. I really liked uh, Last Night in Soho. He did Uncharted this year, and he's done Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm, he's also worked with Park Chan-wook, who was the... Uh, I thought he was an action director, but I could be wrong. But anyways... Um, yeah, I, I was not crazy about the stagecraft technology wall this this um this round. I've, I've enjoyed it better in the uh, earlier episodes of Obi-Wan and in The Mandalorian as well. So, that, you know, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on it. Maybe my expectations were a little out of whack. Maybe I'm getting too old for this, uh, you know, series, the franchise. I, I I think there's so many stories that can still be told in this and in such uh, interesting ways. It just really depends on, um, really depends on, you know, what direction they want to go with it. I, I know somebody had said that um, on a podcast I was listening to, I can't think off the top of my head, that the iconography of Star Wars is too entrenched and the uh, Skywalker family bloodline. And it's kind of hard to argue that, but 
Um, I do think there's tons of stories you can do outside of this. And I think they have the, the, the new, um, the new show coming down the pipe. I forgot which, what it was called Alderaan or something like that. Um, but yeah. Oh, it was cool to have, uh, Liam Neeson reprise his role as, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. And we have, of course, Ian McDermott reprise his role as, uh, Palpatine. I thought that was cool to see both of these old school. Um, well, I guess Pal- uh, Palpatine's been in more recent stuff, but uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, we hadn't seen him in years. Um, a lot of people had, had guessed that we were going to see him. Um, I, I, I had a fun time with this. If I don't normally rate television shows, but I, if I did, it'd be about a seven out of 10. I want to see more. And I think there's greatness to be had. And there was like um, amazing um scenes in this series but i don't think as a whole it's like stellar it's still kind of middle of the road star wars for me original trilogy still og just with how the the storytelling and the the charisma just drops off the drips off the screen with everybody um the storytelling is just so much what feels a little bit more natural in there but i do think that obi-wan kenobi has illuminated a lot of what's happened kind of in between without really stepping too much on the toes of the previous series, uh, previous chapters in the seventies um, episodes. I mean, so um, yeah, like I said, I, I like the, the majority of the new actors and uh, characters in this, or, you know, baby, baby lay as well. All um, I think worked really well within the world. Um, the world building as a whole, kind of seeing um, like Zach Braff's character um, kind of be like supporters of the Empire. I think that actually makes a lot of sense for, you know, the world building of understanding that some people were, you know, in favor of the, uh, the Empire. And so uh, let me think of anything else. Um I think that's about all I got to say off the top of my head for this, this uh, series, anything else, um, anything else I'll probably just add to my tweets. Uh, I had a couple tweets regarding this series as well as all the other uh, filmography that we check out. We like tweeting some interesting uh, notes that we like finding and whatnot, but, um, and of course, opinions. I really did enjoy having Joel Edgerton and, um, Monty Pessy and uh, Jimmy Smith, and of course, James Earl Jones returning with his um, amazing voice as Darth Vader. I think the fight at the very end, I didn't really talk about too much about the action, but um, the action scenes in episode five, again, with Reva going after him. I did think that Reva shouldn't have been yelling right before she came up on Darth Vader. I was like, maybe you just, just open up the lightsaber and not yell right before in his ear. Um, but I mean, he doesn't even have a lightsaber. He takes hers and does all this crazy uh, force uh, lightsaber dual wielding kind of stuff. And I was like, this is cool as shit. Um, but yeah, it does make me want to go back and kind of check out some more of the other um, Star Wars uh, you know, episodes, specifically probably episode three, just to kind of remember where we left off with everybody. Um, but yeah, Hayden Christensen, having him come back, um, I think that was more for, um, I think have, saying Hayden Christensen coming back to, to 
play Darth Vader in suit feels like it played way more for the news outlets, I guess, just the marketing of the series. I like, I always liked uh, Hayden Christensen. I, I was kind of one of the forgivers, I guess, of the prequel, mostly because I was one of the ones that grew up with it. But I got to say that this one, I mean, he, he more like it plays cameos and he doesn't really have a full scene with Obi-Wan with the exception of the, um, like I said, episode five again, um, cam, you know, cameo sort of them fighting and whatnot, flashback. But, um, and I, I, I did see a little bit of, you know, de-aging stuff happening with uh, Hayden Christensen's character a little bit. I was like, mm, just didn't look like it was quite finished but um you know rendering and whatnot but i gotta say that overall i enjoyed obi-wan kenobi and it would it would be a recommend um but yeah this last episode was just uh not my favorite but i did see a lot of people on twitter saying that they were in tears on some of these last few words that were happening and um uh, that were you know that were happening in the last couple of uh, couple scenes for the episode uh, so uh, let me know if you liked Obi-Wan Kenobi, what your thoughts were. You got a little yes, a little no, if you loved it, hated it, that type of thing. Go to uh, at Look it Up Podcast for all the social medias. Go ahead and check out the links. You can get this podcast early on the patreon.com slash podcast, as well as many other Patreon exclusives as well. It helps keep the light on, keeps the light on in the uh, studio. And so... Yeah, so we have a couple other shows that have just come down the pipe. We're uh, Barry. We talked about Barry season three, um, Station Eleven, which is one of my favorite television shows this year. And um, yeah, so be sure to check out all the uh, other podcasts and um, you know how to support the Look It Up podcast. Subscribe, you know what to do. Take it easy.